And we're back. What's up, everybody? It's been a minute. Uh, myself and Lewis have been a little bit on a hiatus, but there's a amazing fight card coming up this weekend, UFC 252 at the Las Vegas UFC headquarters at the Apex um, Arena. And it's topped with a heavyweight title fight between Stipe Miocic and Daniel Cormier. This will be the third fight. This is the rubber match. This is for all the marbles. Um, Daniel Cormier has been very outwardly spoken about this being his last fight, this retirement fight. So this is literally everything's to play for. And as if that wasn't enough, the whole card is 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 stacked. So myself and Lewis today are going to break it down and hopefully you guys enjoy. Lewis, what's up, man? How you been? Surf, brother. We're back. It's been a while. I've missed you, man. I've missed you too. <laughs> I've missed you too. <laughs> There's been so much, so much happening in the sport and in the life in general. So it's crazy that we haven't you know, been able to get on the mic and and drop some episodes. So I'm really glad we're here today. Chop this one up, dissect it, make some picks. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man. Speaking of picks, I think uh, on the last card, you made a resounding comeback and you, you tied the score up. You I did. You, you haven't been able to brag about that yet, so I'm just giving you a chance to get off the chest. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it was, like I said, I had to keep quiet. I had to lick my wounds, go back to the drawing board and uh, figure out where I went wrong, what happened, you know, game plan, just like DC is going to have to do this weekend, go back and see what, what where he went wrong. And I managed to pull it back. But, you know, we, uh, we're we going to do the picks today and hopefully, you know, I can, I can, I can try getting the lead now. Yeah, keep dreaming, mate. Uh, <laughs> like you say, man, this card, um, you know, a heavyweight trilogy will be concluded uh, on this one. And I mean, I'm, I'm beyond excited for it. Um, you know, Daniel Cormier has had such an amazing career and uh, it would be fitting if he could ride out into the sunset as a champion. Uh, you mentioned that he's been very vocal about retiring. I call bullshit on it personally. I don't think he's going anywhere, man. Oh, really? Think, okay. Yeah, I think, if, I think if he wins this... I just think he's too. He, his stock will be so high that he can't ret- turn down a fight with John Jones at heavyweight, or you know, one more big fight before he rides off. If he loses, different story, right? But mm-hmm. um, I don't know, man. That competitor in him, I just, you know, I was I was telling you off off mic that I was watching the um, the MMA fight in timeline, which you know, f- for these big fights, they'll track the the history of the two fighters involved and you know how their their careers have sort of overlapped and, and ran parallel. And uh, just watching Daniel Cormier coming up from, you know, the strike force days to now, mm-hmm. he's got that thing about him, man, where he wants to be the best. And I think those defeats of John Jones, man, however much he doesn't talk about John Jones now, that still eats him up, man. No, I agree. I agree. I agree. Those 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 losses really do eat away at him. Um, you, you know, even even in the countdown, I don't know if you've watched it, but he says that um, Steve Miocic is his biggest rival. Uh, which is, which is, which is, I guess, in in actuality, it's it's kind of correct in that in that they're, they're they've traded wins and losses, and yeah. every fight he's had with John Jones, he's he has lost. Um, the mm-hmm. the second fight was overturned, of course, uh, due to um, due to suspension for drugs. Um, but it's uh, in terms of actual rivalry, this is this this Stipe fight is is more of a rivalry than the john jones i don't know i i don't know how i am with i don't know how if i agree necessarily that if he does win this fight i don't think he want to have a, a third fight with john jones i don't even know if, if john jones would want to have that fight because at the moment he's he's in pretty bad contract disputes with the ufc he's kind of said i'm not i'm not interested in fighting um until something big big enough comes on the table maybe a third fight is that but i i don't know i don't know i'm not too, i'm not too sure 
I think DC wants to ride off into the sunset. He's got a taste of the retirement life. You know, he does his analyst role, does an excellent job at it. Um, he's he's got very comfortable behind the desk. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how much how much I put him. And of course, he's a natural competitor. But I, I I just I just think after this fight, if he does win, he just rides off into the sunset with a fairy tale ending to his career. Yeah, that's how I see it. And and yeah, he's gone for a lot of adversity. So no nobody would deserve it more than. Uh... Oh, DC. And on the other side of the coin, you know, you've got to look where Stipe is in his career. Uh, I think a criminally underappreciated fighter, if I'm being honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, if, if he if he retains if he yeah retains the title this time, you know, is there what's incentive for him to continue? Because, I mean, you know how old is Stipe? 37, maybe? Yeah, he'll be, so yeah, he'll be 38 on, um, on Monday. So, oh, wow. yeah, I mean, you know, that's that's getting up there. Okay, he's a heavyweight, not doing a weight cut, but you know, for him, perhaps this could be the end of his career too. Who knows? You know, he's he's kind of there are some uh, heavyweight contenders coming up the ranks. You know, you've got Francis Ngano who's looking for that rematch, and he's a, he's a, he's a deserved contender. Um, but you know, how much how much motivation is there for Stipe Miocic to? He's he's been someone as well that seems quite content to walk away from the sport or hold out unless an opportunity um, is worth his while. So. That could be the case. Does does a second fight with Francis, someone who's already beat quite convincingly, does that even does that even you know do you know does that excite him? I don't know. So yeah, equally, I guess for both of these fighters, it could be their last fight. But I'm really excited to break it down. Obviously, the first the first the first outing. So Daniel Cormier won by knockout in the first round. It was a little bit back and forth. There was the controversy with the eye poke. and then in the second fight, I mean, Stipe Miocic was essentially a punching bag uh, for three rounds. Um, got slightly more competitive. He, he, even himself, he said that he wasn't really feeling up for it, or he 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 he's, he felt like his his uh, his legs were heavy and he didn't have the right footwork um, between rounds one to three. And then he kind of made a you know a championship uh, adjustment mid fight in the fourth round where he started to go to DC's body and then, and then, and eventually scored a knockout in the fourth round. So both of the fights have been very different, um, very different complexion. How, I mean, what, what, what's your kind of take on it in terms of what the, what the previous fights have been like and how you see a third fight going? And yeah, it's interesting how, how, how divergent they went, right? I mean, when, when someone gets knocked out in the first round, it's very hard to sort of, um, to, to, to glean too much from it. DC, you know, for, for me, was losing the first round till he, you know, came up with the knockout. And then, like I said, the second round, it was a masterclass by DC, I thought. I mean, he looked great on his feet. Um, and uh, that, that adjustment that Stipe made is one for the ages, mm-hmm. right? Uh, going to the body, you know, DC has been exposed, I won't say exposed, but, you know, he's been, he's been tested to the body before. Uh, I think back to the uh, Anderson Silver fight, um, which... <laughs> Is a thing that happened once, <laughs> which is crazy yeah, to think crazy. about. Um, so it's a great adjustment by Stipe. Um, you know, on a, from a technical perspective, it's hard for me to say. You know, based on X, I'm expecting Y to happen. I think that the the one uh, technical sort of nuance uh, that I would like to discuss in this fight is, you know, the fact that it's going to be at the apex center, like you said, and it's going to be in a small exactly, cage. Yeah. Um, you know, and sort of. There's been a lot made of the small cage over the last, you know, during coronavirus and how it's affected fights and has it made fights more aggressive because there's, you know, there's there's nowhere to run, for example, or does it favor grapplers or 
um, you know, and be, being that this is a heavyweight fight, naturally there's going to be less space in the octagon. Um, the, the the size of the cage is reduced by I think two two and a half feet all the yeah, way exactly, around. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. Right? It's a lot. Yeah, so that two point five uh, two and a half feet all the way around, you know, making space at a premium. I think that is going to, you know, benefit. Cormier, not just in the wrestling front, but just his his striking. So I know DC likes to stay in the, in the inside, likes to fight in the pocket, as as shown by how he sort of ended the first mm-hmm. fight. How do you think that's going to play into to the fights of the, the smaller? I, cage? I, I agree. I, I think the the smaller cage definitely benefits Cormier in this. Um, Cormier has also been quite vocal about uh, looking to implement more of a wrestling game um in this upcoming fight i mean he's had what Corey anderson he's had kane velasquez in his camp he's had luke rockhold as well um you can see that he's 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 there's 10 there seems to be a little bit of a more of a focus um towards a sort of grappling wrestling elements of his game which i think was although he was you know completely uh dominating for the most part on the feet um i think he stands he stands a bit better because in the first round of the fight he did take uh, Stipe Miocic down and control him for like half the round if I, don't, if I remember correctly so I thought that's where the fight was going but then he just he he opted to stand and trade with, with Stipe um, so I think the smaller cage yes it benefits Cormier and I think it does naturally lend itself to um, fighters that have a sort of pressure heavy game um, and, and slightly gives them a, a sort of a, a, an advantage um, and you're right the the because of the how how different the, the fights have been um it kind of makes it quite difficult to see you know to sort of get you know to kind of read the analysis and see how the how the fight's going to end up uh looking this 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 rubber match um it's often that the it's often that the fighter i think statistically it's often the fighter that wins the rematch uh goes on to win the third fight um but I don't know if that's the case in, in for this scenario um, because they're, they're they're two quite you know competitive fighters and and I think DC could I think DC would hold his hands up you know he got tired um, you know in, in, at the end of the third round um, you can see he started to gas and I don't know whether he was taking Stipe lightly whether he thought that he'd be able to sort of finish him in the, in the same manner he did in the first fight. It's uh, there's a lot, there's a lot of tangibles in this one, um, which makes it a super interesting fight to, to talk about. Yeah, spot on, mate. And, and you know, I, I thought about this as well. I mean, you know, Cormier's proficiency at heavyweight's been well documented. You know, prior to the the, the loss, to, prior to moving up to heavyweight, um, back up to heavyweight, he was I think twelve and zero at heavyweight, right? So he never mm-hmm. lost. Um, but going back up, you know, I've spent all that time at two hundred five. Your body having to reacclimatize to carrying that weight around you know the two performances we had seen from him was a first round knockout of Stipe and a second round finish or third round finish of Derek Lewis right which wasn't too much of a physically taxing fight and I think seeing him kind of go into deep waters as a heavyweight as a 240 pound Mm -hmm. man 245 pound man I wonder how much that affected him right was he prepared physically for going going you know four hard rounds because I also saw him tiring, and obviously body shots don't mm-hmm. help that. It'll be interesting to see how he how he navigates that. Because DC was looking big, dude. April May time, he was looking maybe two sixty, two seventy, a little bolder. Is that that Pokemon? Is that that bolder. Pokemon? Um, is it Graveler or Gollum? You know, Graveler, <laughs> <laughs> just a round ball with arms. Yeah. Literally, like, yeah, he was looking, yeah. he was looking chunky. He's looking thick. Had his winter coat on in yeah. the summer. Yeah, you know, so it'll be interesting to see how he how he how he does that. Stipe is a mobile heavyweight. He's not, you know, he's a 
I think he came into the last fight in the two thirties, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. I don't want to put fake news out there, but he he came mm-hmm. in light, right? He came in light mm-hmm. for that. Um, so he's a mobile heavyweight. He's not one of those guys who gasses after three rounds. You know, he's not a Derek Lewis. Mm-hmm. I, I think Cormier is going to go over wrestling heavy attack this time. This, this is two of the greatest heavyweights of all time. However you spin mm-hmm. it, right? You know, if you've got around Mount Rushmore of heavyweights, these two have to be on mm-hmm. there. I think. Well, you know, DC certainly is a is a all time MMA Mount Rushmore. You know, top top five. Mm-hmm. I think personally. Mm-hmm. So this is this is great. This is uh you know we'll get down to the picks later on, right? We'll break down the rest of the card and um we'll make our picks, yeah, right? No, it sounds good. So I guess that leads Sweet. on to the next the next fight uh, in the co-main event, and that's uh Sean O'Malley uh versus Marlon Vera, which is um I think I think gonna be a sneaky fight of the night pick. Uh, I'm gonna go for because. Um, so Sean O'Malley had the knockout win over Eddie Wineland two months ago uh, in the Apex Arena. Sensational knockout. Went viral, um, which we discussed in the last uh, UFC episode. Um, and you know Marlon Vera as well. He's he's kind of sneaky, and he's coming off a he's coming off a uh, a decision loss to Song Yodong. Um, a lot of people thought that Marlon Vera did enough to win that fight. He was quite vocal, quite unhappy with the judges' decision. Uh, but nonetheless, he he came up short in that fight. But he's he's actually got a very solid record, uh, the bantamweight division, finishing pretty much every person he's fought. Uh, from mm. what memory comes from, you know, Andre Yule, um, Frankie Signs, um, and there's there's a, a few other to mention. But he's he's looked he's looked you know he's someone that's quite aggressive, um, and and comes forward, and that's why I think and with a sharp shooter like Sean O'Malley, I think this, that's going to make for a really exciting fight. Um, what's your initial sort of what's your, what was your initial reaction to the announcement of the fight, and kind of how do you see the fight playing out? Yeah, I mean, we spoke ad nauseum about Sean O'Malley and his potential after that last performance, and you know, having him back in the sport after his extended you know issues with Usada has been great. I just think he's he's got so much star power that anytime he's booked now, I'm, you know, I'm I'm excited to see him fight, irrespective of the, mm-hmm. the opponent. Now. I think one of the criticisms of Sean O'Malley is that, oh, you know, which is you, you get this a lot from fans. Oh, who's he beaten? Who's he mm. fought? And it's like, well, you know, he's he's twelve yeah, and zero, young, young in his career. So you want to have a start, right? Young in his career, and we're trying to we're trying to build a star here, mm. right? I mean, he's fought twice this year already, and given given the you know the issues in with the, the pandemic and stuff, to have two performances already, two performances of the nights already this year, you know, two highlight. Uh, real knockouts you know he's riding a tidal wave of momentum right Big now time. man um and, and so you know for the matchup itself look at what point do you say okay we're going to throw him into the deep end top five top three you know you have to build a star mm-hmm. up a, a star like that and you know putting him on a huge card like this as a co-main event that is a statement of intent that is something think about it. he's 12 mm-hmm. and 0 right and they're putting him as the co-main event to one of the biggest fights in in, in recent mm-hmm. memory yeah it's a big it's a big it's a big you platform know. Big platform. Two unranked guys. Where, I mean, I'm not going to ask you to, to dig into your MMA uh, database knowledge, but when's the last time you could pick two un, un, unranked fighters? That's true. I didn't even think about that. You're right. Yeah, they're both unranked. Yeah. <laughs> no. You know, so I, I think this is a showcase for him. You know, I'm not trying to take it away from Marlon Vera. He's, he's got a great record, you know, all things considered. He, you know, his last fight against Song Dong was actually up at 145, yeah. right? So, and he 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 managed well, you know, going up a weight class. But I do think he's in there to to make O'Malley look good. And like you said, he has Vera has that that pressure style. And when you're a a precision puncher and kicker, the way O'Malley mm-hmm. is, right, that just plays into your hands, doesn't it? 
right? You can just you can see him like set up those like long straights uh, as as Vera comes in. I don't know. I'm very excited about. Yeah, it. it's it's. I, I don't know. I think I think it's a it's a nice step up in in competition for for O'Malley. Um, I mean, Chito Vera, he's a young fighter as well. He's not, he's not, he's not, um, he's not, he's not by no means an Andy Weiner. He's, he's only two years older than O'Malley. Um, and uh, they're both quite, they've got some, you know, really dynamic games. One thing I like about uh, Marlon Vera's ge- uh, game is that he, he takes risks and he jumps on things. So sometimes they'll advise, but he, he, he's, you know, in terms of the grappling, he will snatch up standing. Like I remember the, with the Andre Yule fight, he like tried a standard yeah. arm guillotine and he was not letting go of that. Like he was like a dog with a, with a, with a new toy. He was literally just wrenching that choke and it was close. So I think, what, you know, it's a nice test and nice step up in competition for Amali. And I think if he's able to dispatch uh, Marlon Vera in the same way, in the same fashion, he's been able to take apart uh, Wineland and Quinones as he has in his previous fights. And that, that puts him in, I mean, at, at that point we're like, okay, well, we need to give some, this guy someone in the top 10. Um, it's easier said than done because I think Marlon Vera is a live, is a live dog. I, I don't necessarily think they're, this is someone just to pad, uh, O'Malley's record. I mean, this is a fighter who's you know he's he's very well skilled and he's young and he called for this fight. You know, he called he called yeah. for this fight. So, um, which aren't many people, not many people are doing. So it's interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, O'Malley's got that thing about him at the moment, that air of invincibility, which you know is so rare to see uh, a, a fighter coming up where they're they're calling their shots, they're confident, they're cocky, and they're delivering right. And it's the same sort of attitude and swagger that we saw propel Conor McGregor to, you know, absolute superstardom. You know, easy comparison to make, I guess, but O'Malley's got that that air about him too. And I just feel like at this, you know, I hate to get into like, you know, the sort of mysticism of the sport, but I just feel like right now, I think he's got that thing, yeah. right? Yeah. No, that's, you know, there's definitely something to that. That, that, that does happen. I had the same thing with, with Sage Northcutt and he got, he got choked out by, no, I'm joking. <laughs> but you're right there are there are sometimes you know i you know with israel adesanya who's a per, another perfect example when he burst onto the yeah. scene you're like whoa okay i mean there were some people who did not want to give him any credit whatsoever but i know from from his first fight with um that australian guy i can't remember his name but when i saw his striking and i was like whoa this guy's this guy's legit like this guy's pretty good the way he was talking as well like the, the sheer utter i think that's what it is some fighters you know they <laughs> some fighters don't sound very confident at all they're like yeah i'll fight whoever the ufc gives me next um yeah and, and you're just like shut up I don't, i'm not listening to you but there's there's other fighters that are like they call their shot, they pick their shot and they have like this unshakable confidence so much so that you buy into it as well. Um, Sean O'Malley is definitely one of those fighters as well. And he backs it up. He backs it up um, in his performances. So we haven't really had um, much in a way to make us doubt his ability. And I think this is just another, this is another really good step up in competition. And I, 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 I think, um, I think this is very good matchmaking. More to the points of, you know, does he have the best hair in the UFC? <laughs> uh, who, who, who would be a c- good a contender? It's a statement. Who would be? It's a st- I mean that that is a fucking statement because I think a lot of like I can imagine the kind of the kind of guys who sit at home saying, 
fuck this guy. I want to see him get knocked out with a rainbow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, like, yeah. You know, Wasn't it um, Elias yeah. Theodoro who had the, the best hair in the UFC at one point? And then I think, yeah, Sugar Shono Mali's kind of came in and taken that title. He, he's gone for the Ecuadorian colors, no? And he's, have you seen in the, in the, in the countdown? I haven't watched he's the dyed his hair yeah. the same colors of uh, Marlon Vera's uh, home, home nation, the flag. Well, that's a, uh... That's very Floyd Mayweather versus um, Oscar De La Hoya. Oscar De La Hoya, yeah, because I recognised. Yeah, I saw the blue, yellow, and red. I was like, oh, okay, interesting. He's uh, going for a little bit of a that could that could be. That's the thing, though. That's the things like that. That's what makes. That's what adds to the to the fight. It's these little things that people don't necessarily notice that make it, you know, that make it um, make the fight more interesting and juicy. Buy into those storylines. And, and that's the thing, man. O'Malley has got a very rapidly growing fan base. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I mean, he's got that sort of like gamer, um, you know, uh, monster drinking, snack eating, Cheeto, Cheeto, your mum's you, basement, fuck you, mum, yeah, <laughs> fuck you, mum, yelling, teenagers, you know, you know those ones. Fuck um, you, mum. Wrong with that. Yeah. Fuck you, mum. There's what no more Doritos. Gonna... <laughs> I'm what... sorry, honey. Sorry, honey. What am I gonna do with him? Oh my god, he's just so <laughs> so out of sorts today. <laughs> He's making a lot of money off streaming and uh, even his his merch, you know. Um, obviously, the Reebok, rest in peace, Reebok deals all over now. Um, but he's been very outspoken about, you know, how much Reebok sold of his merchandise. He, he claims they sold a million dollars of his merchandise and he got less than 1% from the royalties of that. Um, Mad. You know, so he's, he's very savvy. He's very savvy. He's a shrewd marketer and he's really creating a lane for himself, which I've got nothing but respect for. In terms of the, I mean, we've talked about sort of the outside of the cage stuff and the marketability and that sort of thing. But in terms of, from a technical perspective, I guess, how do you kind of see this fight playing out? Do you see it being a finish or, I mean, we don't have to go into our picks, but like, do you see, it sounds from what you're saying, this is, this is, this is a, this is a formality, basically. He's, he's, he's sort of, Sean O'Malley's got this in the bag. It's an O'Malley. O'Malley <laughs> bars, bars for days. Um, yeah, man. Again, I, I, you know, I know who Chito Vera is, right? I, I, I respect him. I, I've, you know, I follow his career. I know he's a, a good, solid fighter. I just don't see any of these like um, fighters that are outside the top ten of bantamweight, top five of bantamweight, being able to hang up O'Malley right now. Mm. I just think his range and his 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 sort of unorthodox striking and uh oh, he's gonna get knocked he's gonna get knocked out now so this uh yeah i don't know man i, I don't see it going i i think um you know the small the small cage might make it interesting you know mm-hmm. um the ability because i likes to keep his distance and then and then like counter um you know keep his range and counter uh mm-hmm. but yeah i see it i see it i see it ending the way the last two fights have ended if i'm being honest with you nice okay what we on okay well yeah. fascinating to say we we can confirm that rosenstrike has just woken up from his uh defeat in ghana <laughs> slumber <laughs> fucking hell um, <laughs> i was like oh he's alive oh shit yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, was like, I thought he was dead <laughs> yeah man, that... oh man fucking hell yeah um so yeah we've got we've got jds junior de santos um former heavyweight champion against um, Jarzino Rosenstroke. So, yeah, as we mentioned, uh, Rosenstroke's coming off that emphatic loss to um, 
Francis Ngannou, which was you know back in I think uh, May time, and it was just it was it was it was terrifying, right? Um, so he's looking to get back on the horse because you know he built a bit, bit built up a bit of momentum coming into that fight. So it'll be interesting to see how he can you know bounce back because you know the only bouncing back we saw was his head bouncing off the cage. So so <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> too soon <laughs> how do i follow on from that um no uh this fight is is gonna see he's gonna be interesting to see uh if charles you know uh rosenstruck can bounce back i mean i've got a massive soft spot for junior dos santos um he's like the nicest guy in mma maybe it's a close fight between him and him and Stephen wonderboy thompson yeah. who's the nicest person in MMA but Junior Santos is is so it's just different it's so crazy how someone with such like massive KO power and like you know you know you know this big heavyweight that so yeah I mean I have I have a soft spot for Junior Santos I mean the last uh kind of two three years of his career kind of he's traded wins and losses he's had some really good wins against like Tai Tuvasa and uh um Derek Lewis but then he, you know, he's fallen short, as like most people do, uh, against Francis Ngannou, where he was trying to basically—I don't know what the hell happened there—but he was running away. Like he's, you know, when you hit your, you know, when you hit your, um, hit your like big brother, like or hit like someone who's older than you, and you try to run away and yeah. you're, like, chasing after you, beat this, beat the fuck out. Of you. <laughs> <laughs> so he steal money from your dad, steal money from your dad's fucking wallet. He's like chasing yeah. you around the house. That was that was the that was the encapsulation of what that fight was. Judas Santos trying to run away and, and going to blast him around the side of the side of the head. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, yes. So, um, but he traded wins and losses. Um, he his last fight was again a loss to Curtis Blades, where it was first round was kind of back and forth, I guess. I guess, and then Curtis kind of found his way on the feet and landed some really nice strikes, um, and it, it resulted in a in a in a knockout, which is really weird to see that you know Curtis Blades was you know beating Junior Santos on the feet. Yeah. Um, where is that a sign of decline? I mean, Curtis Blades is a, is a is an excellent is an excellent fighter. He's a he's a he's a good you know he tends to lean on his wrestling, but he's got some good striking credentials. But the fact that Junior was kind of outclassed on the feet, I don't know if it pointed to a kind of a regression in in his skills and his and his uh, um, and whether he you know he if he's going to be able to get back to back to title contention or, um, but yeah, it's a uh, it's an interesting fight, I guess. I guess for Rosenstrike, if he wins. That kind of catapults him back into those sort of conversations. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, what's your kind of feel? What's your kind of feel of the fight? I know you generally don't really like heavyweight fights, but does this one interest you a little bit? Or yeah, I mean, the the thing with this one, right? So if, is you know JDS. I'm, again, I I completely agree with you. He's a great guy, great representation of the sport. I'm a big fan of his. Right. Um, is where where is that in his career now? It feels like. You know, beating Blagoy Ivanov and beating Tai Tuivasa and, and even to an extent, you know, controversial statement maybe, but even Derek Lewis, to me, they're, they're not top tier heavyweights. And again, I know listen, Derek Lewis' conversation is, is for a different episode, but, um, you know, certainly Ivanov and Tuivasa, they're not they're not upper echelon guys. And not, not, not taking anything away from those victories, but, you know, seeing him struggle against Ngannou, uh, losing by knockout, and the same with Blades, those are the guys, you know, they're the top three in the world, right? Mm -hmm. um, 
and I feel like JDS isn't isn't at that level anymore. Which is you know this is a former champion. He's been doing this for absolutely years. He started young, right? He started young for a heavyweight. He started a lot younger than most people do, right? I mean, he's been doing this for how long, man? He's only thirty six, and he's been around for years, right? Yeah, he's been around for donkeys, man. Yeah. yeah so his career <clears throat> goes back to what two thousand and eight. Yeah. yeah, that was his UFC career goes back to 2008. So he's been in the promotion for just over 12 years. Yeah. You know, and he's, I mean, he has for everyone, right? I mean, so, so, and I think, you know, where they are at the moment, the, the division's in flux, you know, obviously this, this trilogy fight um, happening, the possibility of Jones coming up, the possibility of, you know, fucking even Brock Lesnar coming back. You know, there's a lot of unknowns and Garni's waiting for a title shot and all this different stuff going on. You know, it's hard to say that either of these guys are, you know, even close to title contention. I think, um, I think, you know, Rosenstrike has a credentialed striker's background, you know, from his, his days in, as, in kickboxing. And JDS has great boxing, right? So it's, a, it's, it's I expect it to be a striking heavy contest. Um, mm -hmm. But other than that, man, I, I don't really find a compelling narrative for this one. Both guys coming off losses, um, you know, one trying to sort of build a career and the other one just trying to like, I think, at, to be honest, is that the, the tail end of his career? I guess that's how it is. It's, it's depending on the result of this fight. You know, if if Junior DeSantos loses, um, I think we can say that, you know, he... He is definitely towards well, we can already say that he's towards the tail end of his career. But if he loses to a caliber of fighter that's you know not, hasn't really achieved that top five status and he loses sort of convincingly, let's say it's a KO finish, then I guess we could say at that point maybe it's time to hang it up or maybe it's time to rethink your career or career aspirations, potentially a career at Bellator, or you never know. Um, if you can reignite his career there, um, and I guess for Rosenstrike, it's a He's someone who's you know a bit younger in his MMA career. Um, yes, he had you know he he, he uh, perhaps you know reached a little bit too far into the uh, into the old you know what's it what's the saying? Um, he cat he his mouth was it his uh, mouth wrote a check that his ass couldn't cash. <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah. His his mouth wrote a check that his ass couldn't cash. Exactly, so. Um, in, and he and he and he got that um, he got that whooping from from Engano. But I guess for him, it's like a reassessment of his career. If he's able to get a win over a veteran like Junior Dos Santos, I think that catapults him back into those conversations. Maybe sets up a fight with Derek Lewis. Maybe sets up a fight with um, someone in those in in that strat in that in that in that sphere, basically. Um, so yeah, I think it's a, it's a pivotal fight. It's for pivotal fight for those reasons. And then as we go towards the uh, start of the main card, um, we go to the next fight, which is uh, with considerably smaller men. Uh, this is another fight at bantamweight between Jod Donson and a Marab Devashvili, who is, uh, fights out of that same camp as uh, Aljamain Sterling in, in New Jersey. Longo Serra um, camp. Uh, this is an interesting fight. Both coming off wins. Uh, John Dodson had the win over who's the young uh, Brit um, Nathan, Nathaniel Wood. He had yeah. a very good performance over Nathaniel Wood, knocked him out. Uh, I was really impressed. I mean, you know, in a fight that a lot of people thought that that was the UFC trying to hurry, you know, usher out 
John Dodson out, out of the uh, proverbial uh, door and try to get him out. And and Nathaniel Wood uh, fell short in that one, and the wily veteran John, John Dodson walked away with the win. Uh, so that was that was a really good. He's kind of turned back the clock because there has been a period where his KO power mysteriously disappeared. Um, and he wasn't really he wasn't really KOing anybody. Granted, he moved up from flyweight to bantamweight, um, but it was he kind of has a few sort of lackluster performances. Uh, and talking about in a complete contrast to lackluster performances, Merab Divishvili, this guy's cardio is fucking unreal. That guy, he does not stop. He's he 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 he's literally. Yeah, he's a monster. Just keeps on coming forward. Keeps on keeps on the pressure. Um, he's a he's slowly becoming a force to be reckoned with in the bantamweight division, and this is a, quite an interesting fight. What about you, Lewis? What's your take on it? Yeah, so so Dodson's at a funny place in his career, right? He's he's you know he's still a name, right? He's a title challenger and he's got some wins over some great guys, uh, but he's very inconsistent, right? You know, splitting wins and losses for the most part. Um, and, and you know, in his defense, the, the for the you know the people that he loses to, you know, your Peter Yarns. Uh, you know, going further back, Demetrius Johnson, uh, he's losing to upper echelon guys, right, for the most part. I just feel like, you know, at this stage of his career, 35 years old, um, and Devashuli is on a four-fight winning streak, I, I do think there's there's a sort of um, expectancy for this to be a, sort of like a, a, a builder for, for uh, the Georgian to come out and actually, like, you know, secure a win over a, a former title challenger. Because he hasn't really got any, uh, well, he hasn't got any like names on his resume, right? No, not 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 now. This would be the biggest name if he was to get this. This would be the biggest win win of his career. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. You know, the first ranked opponent he's fighting. So um, it's going to be interesting, right? I mean, he he's got great wrestling. He's great, great pressure fighter. Um, I, I'm trying to think how that that sort of plays into what uh, John Johnson Don Judge John Dodson does. Uh, you know, he's dangerous with his hands, man. Like, you know, he he is a he is a he's a guy that that can still can still, can still knock people out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think if Marab doesn't come in respecting the power that that Dodson has, he could have problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, Marab is a guy who's coming to four back to back decisions, and I just see him trying to implement that sort of grind uh, grinding style where he just you know backs Dodson up to the cage where his power is not going to be as effective and just, you know, tries to get the underhooks and just dominate him against the cage in the clinch and, and, and just grind out a win like that. That's the thing, isn't it? Because John Dodson is very good at what he does, but in order to do what he does, he needs, he needs, he needs time and he needs, mm-hmm. he needs uh, distance. Um, and he needs, uh, he, you know, and that's when, when he's sort of fallen short, he has been outpointed, but it's often when people are really pressure, pressuring him forward. I think back to the sort of the John Lineker fight, the fights with DJ, um, where he's kind of fallen short. Um, some other ones come to mind, like um, who else has he fallen short up against? I mean, he lost to Marlon Moraes, but that was a slightly different fight. Like the Jimmy Rivera yeah. fight as well is another one yeah. where he kind of was sort of backed up. Um, so, yeah, I think... And and the PT Yan fight as well. So when when he's sort of uh, met with uh, these high pressure fighters, these volume fighters, he and because his his output is his fights in bursts. Generally, um, he likes to sort of fight in bursts and and sort of find his rhythm and use a lot of footwork and move around and then like the blast in these like karate darts, 
always quite reactive sort of a counter puncher so when he comes up against someone who's like who puts out a lot of volume or has a really wrestling heavy clinch heavy attacks he 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 tends to he tends to struggle a little bit um so yeah it's, it it does seem like they are kind of um this seems on paper to be a, a, a favorable matchup for Devish Feely. Yeah. 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 I mean, thinking back to John Dodson's uh, fight of Lineker, that was a perfect example of, of how, you know, that was a controversial decision. And, and I think um, Dodson outlanded Lineker, but because mm-hmm. he backs up so much, you know, to the judges a lot of the time, that looks like running away. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it's going to be interesting, man. I, I do feel like it's it's, it's a favorite matchup for Davishuli. Davishuli. Yeah, and and you know at this point in time, it, it's hard for me to to have any investment or to feel invested in John Dodson. I think he deserves to just you know go off to another organization and 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 you know spend the next couple of years of his career getting paid out in Asia at one championship or something. Um, yeah, I mean he he is. He was bigger. He was bigger flyweight. For you know, at the time he was, you know, DJ's, you know, big rival for DJ because that was that first fight it was quite, you know, it was controversial, and he was putting away people in the, in the flyweight division. His his power was formidable. Um, but later on in his career, he kind of traded wins and losses. And I think you're right. I think the the smaller fighters kind of have seemed to have fared a bit better in the, in in these other organizations, particularly with one. Um, um so yeah i guess depending on the result of this this bout we might we might we just might see that i'm just looking at the rankings i mean he, he's ranked at number 12 right mm. and Marab's at 15 i mean john dodson's ranked at number 12 it just it, feels like for a division that we spend so much time talking about and we had a whole episode where we just sung the praises of of, of bantamweight right mm-hmm. but it just feels like how how relevant is john dodson to all of that he just doesn't feel like you know that he, he he features in the in the title picture whatsoever at this point. So mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know, man. With, with him, I think he's just. I, I'm of the opinion that he's he's just cashing paychecks, maybe fighting out his contract. I, I do wish there was a bit more contract uh, transparency with the UFC. Like you know, I'd like to know when a new a, a fighter. I'd like to know when a fighter signs a new deal, for example, because I think it tells you a lot about uh, the psyche of a fighter going into it, depending on where they are in their contract. Right, mm-hmm. you know coming off two defeats and then heading into your, the final fight of your contract or, you know, it, it says a lot. And I was just like, I wish the UFC were, were better at being transparent about that. You're right. There's the plays that plays a lot into it. I and mean, we've seen recently with, um, not to go too far off topic, but with like Michael Chandler, for example, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's mm-hmm. the way you want to end. That's the way you want to end your, <laughs> end your, uh, end your contract with the promotion with a fantastic performance like that. And, and, uh, and, you know, being a very good bargaining position when you do come to test free agency. So yeah, I think I think you know the 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 stakes are a lot higher. Obviously, if the UFC fighters on their last contracts, but I think I think you're right. A situation like this where you know you got Devis Freely, who's you know he's fight he's fought, he's been quite active. Um, you know, his last fight I believe was during this during this Corona period as well. Yeah, it was in June. So he's only, so he, he 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 you know he's been quite he's he's fought twice this year. Uh, whereas John Dodson's uh, last fight was, um, it was in February as well. It's a similar sort of time frame, but but but, but, but Marab has fought um, once more, so he's been slightly more active. And yeah, it just seems it seems that they're kind of 
Devishvili is on his way up the rankings. Um, maybe this is a road. Uh, maybe this is a road bump, and you know we 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 have to make a reassessment of his skills and you know what uh, what he has to offer the division. But I think yeah, I think you're right. I think it's kind of like a this is yeah, this is a favorable favorable matchup, and and um, yeah, I think John Donson isn't really someone that's at the moment, at least at the moment, worthy of note in the bantamweight division. It's at a record high, you know. The bantamweight yeah. is, you know, got in, you know, in terms of being competitive, it's 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 right up there with lightweight. Um, yeah, in terms of yeah. like the, the 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 stable fighters that the UFC has, yeah. um, it's a record high, you know, uh, level of competition. Um, so yeah, it's no, it's absolutely no slight. And John Dodson, it's just that it's it's a, it's full of killers. There's nothing better than when there's a backstory to a fight, right? This uh, fight that they've got opening up the uh, the main card. Magomed Ankalaya versus Jan Karlaba. To me, it is spicy stuff, right? There's a backstory there. Obviously, they they they've been faced off once before this year. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the first Benavides and Figueredo fight back in February, and very controversial stoppage where you know the fight was stopped in, uh, less than a minute into the fight, and uh, Ankalaya was awarded with a KOTKO. Uh, Kurt Laba was furious by that. He was adamant that the referee had misread his his sort of um, rope doping. Mm-hmm. And from all the replays, I'd have to agree with him. Um, you know, prior to the fight, Kyotalaba uh, stride across the uh, octagon, got in Ankalaya's face, pushed him, and I was, I was, I was ready, bro. When that happened, I was like, "Yes, <laughs> give me more of this. Give me two Eastern European guys beating the shit out of each other." And um, the best and kind the fight of fight. St- <laughs> yeah, the best kind of fight. And the fight did start off you know, fast and furious. And then when, when it was stopped the way it was, it was very disappointing. And I'm really respect the UFC for putting this one back together. So yeah, with that in mind, so f- what would you make of this one? You're right, mate. It's the, that, that, that first fight. I mean, Ayan Kutilaba is, he is an absolute sh- savage. <laughs> I don't know. Like he's just, he's just so, um, he's just, I don't know how to explain it, but he's just not, not something's, I mean, for you to be a UFC fighter, you have to be, you know, there's a certain sort of wiring in your brain. Uh, you have to be kind of wired up in a certain different way. But this guy is just a straight savage. Um, and you're right, when he walked across the ring and tried to get up in his face and all that stuff, I was like, mad, this guy, this guy is not playing at all. I think as well, because I think he knew, I think there was a certain type of um, strategy, if you like. Because I think, I mean, if you looked at Ankalaya's performances before that, he he's a very smart fighter he's very he's, he was a lot more calculated you know he kind of waits hangs back a bit and then he kind of um he, he tries to minimize he's quite risk averse he tries to minimize the risk as much as possible whereas Ayan Kutalaba is a complete opposite he's like I'm gonna throw all this shit at the wall and hopefully something sticks i.e hopefully this fist lands on your head and you get knocked spark <laughs> out um so but he was kind of like he was playing possum and Ankalaev kept throwing those kicks and he kept blocking them and he was going for the overhand right repeatedly, repeatedly. He had his he had his wits about him the entire time and there was kind of method to the madness. And you're right, I was kind of pissed that that, that fight ended in the way it did. Um, and I'm glad that the UFC has has, uh, has opted to, to to put these two back in a cage and, and, and we can get a final definitive result. Um, I, do, I do wonder though, you know, if Ankalaev, you know, watches the footage back and he sees that he kind of played into that game a little bit because he became quite aggressive. And I wonder, um, you know, how much does that change the fight going forward? Is is that is Kutaleba going to be able to 
um, kind of elicit those responses from 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 Ankalaev in in the rematch. Yes, and I agree. I think I think Kurlaba has played that role before. I think when he first came to UFC, he sort of gained notoriety for painting himself green and coming out as the Hulk. And you know, cool. You know, it's a gimmick. It it, it brings you know it, it brings eyes to you as a fighter, which is you know what people are trying to do. Um, and I, going back to the Texera fight, he he talked shit about Texera. He he he, he was giving Texera shit. Who, by the way. Talking about the nicest guy in MMA, there's another contender for it. Right? The top three pound for pound nicest guy, nicest yeah. motherfuckers, nicest motherfuckers in the UFC. Right, <laughs> and I mean Texera, the way Texera rallied back to win that fight was 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 great. So I think that is that is hard wide into Kiyolaba. He's a divisive figure, um, but nobody would give a shit about this fight if it wasn't for his backstory. Do you know what I mean? So if like mm-hmm. you know, as fun as he is, like you know, a lot of a lot of I think especially like you know, I don't want to say casuals, but you know, a lot of just normal fans will see two guys that they might not even know for, for name value but uh, whatever so it's definitely got eyes on this 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 fight now you know Ankalaev's no fucking joke man Ankalaev's no joke man he you know he's got a couple of really solid wins on on his record uh mm-hmm. KOs I mean he lost he lost to Paul Craig by submission which is becoming strangely familiar now um you know, that was the one where he lost at the very end of the fight. It was know, the third round, wasn't it? Yeah, end of the third 459 round. 459 third round. Yeah, yeah, mad. Yeah, but you know, he, he he's um he's a good fighter, man. And I think I think coming into this one, he's not going to come in as hot. He's not going to put as much pressure on, despite the tension that's there. I think he's going to hold back a bit. I think he's going to try to pick his shots a bit better. And I think Kurt is definitely going to be the aggressor coming into this one. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, that's. I think that's his only. He's only. His only speed is full throttle. Kudelaba. <laughs> yeah. He's. He's. A, his only way of winning this fight, in my opinion, he's not going to win a technical battle with with Ankalaev. Um So I think his. That's why the game plan in the first fight was so interesting. Just to, you know, that 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 kind of uh, what he was trying to do to kind of goad uh, Ankalaev to kind of be a bit more aggressive and hopefully try counter something. I think was a really good game plan. Um, and you do wonder, like, what, what, you know, I think Ankalaev is probably going to be a bit smarter in this one and kind of use uh, Kutalaba's aggression against him as opposed to kind of trying to fight fire with fire. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, I, I didn't, I didn't make much of his, um, his, his bobbin side to side, right? I know he convinced the ref that he was injured, but I don't know how much, uh, his opponent was convinced. You don't think? You don't think? I mean, he, must he was throwing a lot of shots. He was throwing a lot. He was throwing a lot of shots. He was just like kept on like. I mean, yeah, he was kind of visible. He he was kind of watching the right hand, but it was like he was. It was a lot of output towards the end, you know. Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. Terrible acting. He was looking at like like you know those um you know those things outside car dealerships. Yeah. You know, those like <laughs> you know those like things that get float. You know yeah. what I mean? You know what I'm talking about? I don't yeah, know what they're yeah, called. Yeah. But like yeah, it's just that they don't really have them here in the UK. They're more of a thing in the US. But like um yeah, yeah that's that's kind of what the dance he was. You're doing a McGregor little Billy Strutt little uh, yeah. <laughs> doing that. Um yeah, it's a fantastic fight though. Hopefully, hopefully it's as exhilarating as the first one was and we get i'm excited to see what the result is and you're right ankle is ain't playing ain't playing game neither of these guys man these 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 guys that come out of these um these uh what's the correct what's the correct sort of where are these eastern guys from? block eastern block you know these these 
these guys are not playing. He's Moldovan, isn't he? Yeah, he's Moldovan. Yeah. So, yeah, these guys aren't playing, man. They're coming. They're playing for keeps. They're playing for keeps, man. So, it's always exciting to see these two. And you're right, the whole, you know, the whole paint yourself green of the whole. Yeah, it's kind of cute. But, yeah, I, I like I like to see he he's all about business when he gets when he gets in the cage and i like to see that he he he, he knocked out um khalil roundtree didn't he he did yeah savaged him yeah yeah that's that's what i mean like he does he has has he got some good some good wins on his record um and uh but yeah i think i think um i think it'll be a very different fight from the first one yeah looking forward to it man that's that's a great way to start off the main card so yeah, you know, I, I don't think this is a super stack card. I'll be honest with you. So I think right. you know it is hard at the moment to make um, because of travel restrictions and stuff. It is hard, I think, for the UFC to put on these 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 like you know absolutely stacked cards mm-hmm. because it's like maybe not having the abundance of star power at, at hand. There's been so many cards recently. Mm-hmm. I'm not mad at it at all, but you know, in terms of star power, I don't think it's the most um, abundant. I mean, yeah, I, I guess I mean, it's not. It's not. It's definitely not. It's definitely not. Um, uh, UFC two hundred five. Yeah, well, card of all time. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's definitely. Well, it's definitely not even. Um, what was the last one? The UFC two fifty one. I mean, that's yeah. that was a lot more stacked. It had three title fights. I, I, I always try to, you know, be thankful. You know, you look at the boxing schedule. Um, you know, for for you know the, some of the fights at PBC. What's it called? Show Sports. Some of these fights that they're putting on, it's like, please, please, what are you trying to do to us? Granted, it's a completely different structure and and you know contract negotiations and the fact there isn't a live gate. These fighters aren't, you know, they're not they're not going to be turning up for checks that are you know half the size, um, if that. So it's it's a very different it's a very different model. But then when I you know look at a fight card like this and in this climate where most sports aren't even at full capacity or even even close to coming back to um being operational i think this is this is in terms of the situation this is this is an excellent card that's kind of how i would that's my kind of view on it it'll be fine i feel grateful at the end of the day i feel i feel grateful that we're getting to watch the sport still and you know the, the, i'm paying listen i'm paying 70 dollars for this just off the fact he's seen steve Perry headlining right so yeah that's it i forgot about that yeah $70, 70 dollars man yeah yeah, yeah. It's, yeah i mean i'm gonna have some money on right all right so now it's time for everyone's favorite segment. It's the picks. It's the time when me and Lewis give you our selections uh, for who we think is going to win the fight and how we think the fight is going to end. Um, as Lewis mentioned at the beginning of the episode, uh, I <sighs> the the first the first round it was a shocking performance by myself I and mean, Lewis quite was by head quite comfortably I think by nine or ten points. Um, it was a shambolic performance by me, but managed to managed to pull it back after the last event. Had some good solid picks, and I hope to keep that streak going. Um, so, without further ado, uh, we'll start from the bottom of the card. Is that right with you, Lewis? Absolutely, yeah. Wicked. So, light heavyweight fight between Magomed Ankalaev and Ayan Kutelaba. How do you see that fight going, Lewis? So, like I said, there's a there's a backstory to this one. There's a bit of tension between the two fighters, possibly due to the the, the way in which the fight started and ended last time. Um, <clears throat> I think 
you know, Ankalaev is is the better fighter. Let me just say from the top, I think he's he's more well-rounded. He's a much better grappler. And um, I think in the past, Kyolaba has shown sort of intellectual deficiencies in the octagon. And I think seeing how Texera kind of dominate him on the ground, I don't think it bodes well for him against Ankalaev, uh, who's obviously not on the level of uh, Texera as a jiu-jitsu practitioner, but I think he's a good pressure, uh, top top pressure wrestler. So having said all that, I think this one's going to start out with some fireworks and Kutalab is going to come out blazing, but I think uh, Ankalaev is going to be able to nullify him, um, keep his distance, and then be able to uh, get Kutalab to the cage, chain wrestle him, and ride out for at least a round. I think he's eventually going to finish him by strikes on the ground in round three. So I'm going for Ankalaev by round three TKO. Okay, nice. Okay, awesome. Um, right, so excellent pick. I think, yeah, I kind of see the fight. I don't see it being as... I see the first round being, you know, Kutalaba is going to be coming forward, a lot of pressure, but I think uh, Ankalaev is going to be a bit smarter, a bit more sort of clinch-heavy, wrestle-heavy, you know, game to try and um, weaken uh, Kutalaba and slow him down a bit. Um, he does have a grappling advantage, um, but, you know, from Ankalaev's records, he doesn't have a whole lot of... I don't think he has any submissions to lean towards a sort of... Um, I don't think it's going to be a finish, though. I see uh, Magomed Ankalaev winning a uh, decision. Um, I see Kutalaba having enough to kind of um, survive three rounds, um, but not... And it might be a little bit back and forth in the first round, but I think after a while, Ankalaev is going to comfortably sort of cruise to a cruise to a decision and take the last two rounds quite comfortably. Cool. I'm just over here trying to spell Davilishvili. 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 Devilishly. Devilishly handsome. Yeah. Speaking of um, of Devilishvili, uh, it reminds me of that episode of The Simpsons where Homer goes to New York and there's the the very racist depiction of some sort of Middle Eastern man. Kalkalash. Kalkalash. Kalkalash, You want Devilishvili? Kalkalash. What does he say? What is Kalkalash? What is it? What, I can't even remember how that episode goes. Does he just end up eating it? He goes to New York and he goes, his car gets towed away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Country. But he's like, oh, um, he's like, uh, what does he say? He says, uh, do you have any drink to wash it down with? Because it's like a horrible taste. He goes, we only yes. have something soda or something. It's like some terrible drink. <laughs> I forgot what it is, but yeah. Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, next up, uh, Dodson versus Devilish Flea. <laughs> Man, that's hard to say. Um, how do you see this one going, Suf? Right. Um, yeah, kind of as we alluded to in, in, in when we were discussing the kind of the fight a bit more broadly, um, I think that Jod Dodson, though he has power, um, he tends to kind of uh, not fare too well against uh, fighters that have a high work rate output and are able to kind of uh, control him along the fence and, and sort of spam him with wrestling attacks. Um, and that <laughs> Merab Devashvili is nothing but that. Um, so I think I kind of see this being another decision win uh, for Merab. It might be early on. 
um, that Jod Dodson has some success in terms of the strang- uh, strangles, in terms of the scrambles. Uh, but I think ultimately, um, maybe, yeah, I see Marab Divisvili walking away with a kind of split decision or a, um, a majority decision. Okay, man. Yeah, that, that would be the logical um, approach to this fight. You know, and obviously I'm going to completely disagree with you. Uh, after everything I've said about ruling out uh, John Dodson, I think we're going to see a situation where Marab is going to come in and take him lightly. And I think uh, we're going to see Dodson with some crafty inside work uh, with the hands. I think he's going to catch uh, uh, Marab coming in. And I think he's going to finish him on the ground at the end of uh, the second round. Ooh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah, I'm just out here. You know what I mean? No, I, I go find the dogs. You know what I mean? I go, I, I go find the dogs. So, so. The little guy. For the little guy. Yeah, well, they're fucking. They're all little, mate. They're all little. <laughs> he's five foot three. I mean, the, li- I, I, the littlest I, I, guy. The littlest guy. He's like yeah, what? Dodds is like four foot, right? How is he? He's five foot two. Like that. I, 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 after, anything under five six doesn't count as a man to me. So I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Cody Garbrandt's is gonna fuck me up. On body quick. Um, yeah, he's moving. Talk about little guys. He's moving down to one twenty-five, isn't he? I can't. I hate him now. (laughs) So yeah, I know I got knocked out three times at bantamweight and came back and 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 had one knockout. But I'm just gonna go down to one twenty. Don't hate. Don't hate. Don't hate him. Hate the UFC. It's the UFC doing that. It's not him. I think he's gonna smash his face in. (laughs) <laughs> Figueredo, man, he's my he's my the favorite villain now at the one twenty five. He's, he's just a such a nasty, such a nasty dude, man. Who also <laughs> happens to run a woman's salon as well? Yeah, like... No, he's a Renaissance man. He's got he's got all these. Little, he's got a, he's a yeah he's a he's a barber, a hairdresser, and there's a there's another skill he has. He's like cocktail mixer, like uh, was it? Yeah, yeah. Like, the like two mixologist. campus jobs, mixologist. the two campus jobs in the world. <laughs> He's like, I'm a barman and a hairstylist, and I'm not more fuckers on the side. I mean, talk about, bruv, fuck Benavides, man. If you talk about, listen, if you're making a Levy, you're like, okay, this dude bodied my man twice. He could cut my hair and make me a martini, like. And make me a fucking porn star martini, yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, fucking need to watch out. Fuck your whole life up. Mr. Take Your Girl. Mr. Take Your Girl. Your, Mr. Steal Your Girl. Yeah, yeah. right? Um, so. Yeah, wow. no, that's... Yeah. Wow, yeah. Totally. Yeah, we, we need to do a whole episode of fucking uh, what's going on in the sport. But yeah. Um, <laughs> we'll do that. Uh, shout next... out Megan Olivia, though. Shout out Megan Olivia, though. Yeah. I mean, she's an absolute sweetheart. She's she's lovely. Isn't she? She's lovely. Uh, speaking of lovely, Junior DeSantos, the <laughs> loveliest man in the heavyweight division, uh, he's got a fight, obviously, with Josinio Rosenstroke. Again, kind of a pivotal fight for both these fighters we discovered in the in the breakdown how do you see that going lewis given where jds is at the moment um coming off two knockout defeats admit these two of the you know the the most illustrious stars in the division at the moment i just think that he's he's growing increasingly um prone to getting knocked out mm-hmm. i think he's a more well-rounded fighter than rosenstroke i think he's you know I, i've actually spoken extensively about the shortcomings that I think uh, Rosenstrike has in his 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 game, I think we saw it against the, in the Overeem fight where he was picked apart for for four and a half rounds. But I don't think that's going to matter in this one. So if I think we're going to see um, typical heavyweight shit where uh, Biggie Boy 
comes out and just, you know, throws lever, swinging and banging. And I think he's going to catch JDS. I want to give a more technical breakdown on this, but a heavyweight with a guy like uh, Rosenstruck, I don't think is, is necessary. I just see him stopping JDS second round. Interesting. Um, interesting, interesting. Uh, we, we don't do rounds, do we? We don't. I always say it because I like the extra smug when I'm right. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I told you fourth round, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, I was just going to say because so if we pick, if we make the same pick, then we should, we should. Ah, okay. yeah, that? that's what, that's what, yeah, that's what I'd say. So yeah, I think, um, I, I agree, man. I think although I kind of, yeah, like I said before, I have a soft spot for JDS. Um, I think he has, you know, more skills. He's slightly shown to be a bit more well-rounded, especially in the sort of takedown defense portion of his game and and the kind of the top control and that sort of thing he's shown a bit more a bit more at least in uh, Rosenstreich has um and but I do think that in terms of like the striking tools on the feet I think uh, I do Santos has kind of shown a bit of regression and the so- shot selection that he has is, is sometimes a little bit poor like he he opts to throw these like massive looping telegraph punches um, that I think a quicker kind of Rosenstruck could, could, can capitalize on. I see this not going past the first round, man. I see Rosenstruck uh, getting a KO finish and uh, and knocking out JDS in in the first round. Oh, KO first round. Mm-hmm. I'm going KO second round, right? Okay, cool. So moving on, the Sugar Show, Sean O'Malley versus Marlon Vera. So f- how do you see this going? Right, um, the Sugar Show. As we said, um, I think this is a nice, healthy step up in competition for for Sean O'Malley. Um, it's got a, you know a younger fighter um, who's who's skilled and aggressive and 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 is a is a live dog in this fight. Um, however, that this 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 that two year however long it was period that Sean O'Malley was out of the game. You know, out of the game in terms of out of the cage, but he was definitely putting in work into his skills, and we've seen him come back and absolutely obliterate his competition and his peers. Um, he's seen that he's like he's 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 definitely used that time effectively and to really sort of sharpen his skills. Um, I do think that Marlon Vera's come forward style is going to sort of play into the uh, excellent footwork game of O'Malley. Um, where he uses that effectively to sort of counter and pick shots. Um, I see Sean O'Malley um, finishing Marlon Vera in the second round by KO. That's what I see happening. Great breakdown. Um, yeah, I love the way you see it and have to say I agree with a lot of it. I think, um, give, give, yeah, given that approach that Vera takes, that the aggressor, you know, the 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 pressure fighter. I just see the opportunities for, for O'Malley to hit him with like, you know, wicked back kicks to the body, spinning back kicks to the body. I, I think it's going to give him a lot of, lot of, um, it's going to give him a lot of opportunities to, to, to pick Vera off. Um, I don't see this going any other way than the O'Malley victory. I was leaning towards a, um, a decision win, right? I was leaning towards a decision win. Mm-hmm. Um, but just looking at the the sort of power that he he the power and the precision that he showed in his last couple of fights, I'm gonna say stoppage. I think it will be late because Cheeto is a tough guy. 
Chio just doesn't crumble, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And um, I'm going to go with an O'Malley stoppage uh, in the third round. Okay. Nice. And last but not least, it's the main event. It's the one for all the marbles. It's your current champion, Stipe Miocic, against former heavyweight champion and former light heavyweight champion, Daniel Cormier. This is the rubber match. It's one apiece. Lewis, who do you see taking the third fight? Man, this is it. This is what it's all about. Um, and so much has gone into this one, right? Obviously, haven't haven't seen them fight, you know, f- five rounds before. Sometimes you can put past performances into your assumptions about the the the, the rematch or whatever. This time around, I just think so much of that goes out the window. DC's so high level. He's so. I mean, and, and I'm not taking away from Miocic, but DC's just so good. He's such a strategist. He's he's shown time and time again. He's he's got better throughout his career, which is which is saying something, right? Um, you know, he had success with the boxing in, in the second match, end up losing by knockout. Um, so, you know, what does that even mean? This time around, I think the biggest factor is going to be the smaller cage. And I think DC is looking to get in there and, and, and win the belt fundamentally. And he knows the way to that is from his wrestling. Now, this is not, this is not a, a, a bum in the wrestling realm. This is not Derek Lewis who has very little takedown defense, right? And no disrespect to Derek Lewis. Miocic can wrestle. He he can stop a takedown. Um, I think with the smaller cage, it opens up a lot of opportunities to, for DC to you know close distance, uh, back Miocic up to the cage and chain wrestle him. And yeah, I, I just see him. I just see him rolling back the years, man, bringing out all the wrestling and just absolutely trying to grind this one out. I think there's no quit in Miocic. So for this one, I'm going to say DC by fairly convincing unanimous decision. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was going to go for decision as well, but in the spirit of competition, uh, I mean, that's an excellent pick. I agree with, I agree with the, the sort of analysis. Um, I agree with the, the fact of being a smaller cage lending itself a bit more to DC's game. Um, I do think, yes, DC is the better fighter. He has a lot more tools. Um much of which I think was underutilized in the second uh, in the second performance, and I think even DC recognizes that. The competitor that DC is, you know that in this rematch, no stone is going to be left unturned. Um, and he's brought in a lot of you know really solid uh, current UFC fighters and former UFC fighters to kind of help him with this camp. Um, I think I'm going to go. With a DC, and this is the thing: whoever wins this fight, as well. Um, I know we didn't really we didn't really cover this in 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 the broader talk, but like I think whoever wins this fight as well is easily the best heavyweight ever, um, because yeah, it's just in terms of their resumes and who they've beaten, and uh, I think whoever wins this fight is is quite quite solidly the sort of best heavyweight in, in, in all of MMA now and and arguably ever. Um, so I'm going to say Daniel Cormier wins. I wasn't issued to say decision, but I think he gets the finish this time in the third round by KO. Okay. 
So you're saying DC, third round KO, and new. And new. Yeah, new. And he rides off into the sunset and he gets fucking... I want to see how big DC can get. That's what I want to see. I want to see, oh. see how fat he can get. Man, I want him to be in a fucking mobility scooter when he comes in to do the... the, the uh... <laughs> Do the fight and the fight breakdown and the analysis. That's what I want to see. Yeah, he's got that gene, bro. He's got that gene. That fucking eat away your pain type gene. He really does. Hey, but, <laughs> like, but not but Billy's good. They're just gonna fucking roll him in. Literally, just roll him in. Uh, is that who's that little who's that little boxing coach of his? Rosendo. Rosendo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Rosendo's just gonna be kind of pushing and pushing, rolling him into the into the booth. Yeah, man. He, he, you know. It's crazy because I remember I went I was at the UFC fight in um in Sweden is uh, uh Rumble Johnson versus uh Alexander Gustafsson mm. and and DC was doing the and uh, the the Fox Fox panel work with Brian Stan why man I saw them walking together and DC is fucking obviously he's not a small dude he's like he's he's you know he's 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 a big dude but seeing him next to Brian Stan who's a middleweight who fought a middleweight it was crazy like how much bigger Brian Stan was to DC. It made no sense. Like the fact that DC at that height can, can get to those weight, get to those weight is, is, is mad. It's, it's impressive. It's impressive. All right, man. Well, this has been fun. I'm really excited to see how this plays out. Whatever happens at the end of this card, we're going to, it's, it's history in the making truly. Uh, for this sport, you know, we're going to see the conclusion of one, possibly two great careers. It's as good as as always, Suf. I'm looking forward to reclaiming my uh, my lead in the in the, uh, the head to head challenge. Forget the heavyweight belt. That's the real belt. That's the people's main yeah. event. It's, it's, yeah. it's between me and you. Is that that's who, who's going to win? Who's going to be on top of the leaderboard this week? That's that's what the real. That's what the fans are screaming for. Not this. Not this heavyweight belt. All right. So from me, Lewis, and from me, Sufian. Until next time. Don't text and drive. What are we saying? <laughs> Don't, we keep, don't watch fights and drive. Yeah, I do that shit all the time. I'm not going to lie, man. Fuck it. I'm terrible for that. So I shouldn't even admit this, but yeah, I'm really bad for that. Because I, 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 I do. Do, you know I do. I have like a dashboard holder for my phone and I can oh, get okay. ESPN. So I just watch oh, it all. Yeah. It's a miracle. In, 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 in the US, it's different because you're, all your roads are straight, really. Like it's slightly different. Yeah. In the, you know, you can kind of just, and it's all cruise control and everything. It's fine. Yeah, and you can't die. So, especially in those cars that you've got out there, it's like fucking armored tanks. I drive, drive a golf. Around. I drive a golf. Oh, yeah. He's a driver. Relax. <laughs> Relax. Yeah. Yeah. The other guys you got to worry about.